0: Hello and welcome to The Good Robot Andys, Season 6, Episode 7. My name is Andy Balaam and this is...
1: Andy Cockerell.
0: And the film we're going to talk about this evening is... Mandy. Mandy. Yes. And uh, um, without any knowledge of what this film is, or anything about it other than the title, I can tell you very straightforwardly that this is a new Re- Richard Curtis film <laughs> uh, based in um sorry based in a fashionable part of London um which features uh a person called Mandy and a charming yet witless uh, male love interest which drones on to the end before finally finishing after a mercifully short 93 minutes.
1: <clears throat> well that's that's quite brief for a Richard Curtis movie. Um uh, no you you are as far as far off the mark as you've ever been. By the way, I'm by very, the way, I'm very glad to hear that. I think the, the Roller King Disney Adventure seems to have fallen <laughs> by the wayside. <laughs> yeah, it's late. Well I can't <laughs> help it if we
0: don't cover Roller King Disney Adventures.
1: Well no we don't. No. Um, because people have seen them, and they don't need our help I think um
0: people don't need well, our help of,
1: I, people don't need our help I think one of the features of this podcast is i I usually choose things that are you know that maybe didn't get a huge release, mm-hmm. and that um that maybe people should seek out because of that. Uh, but that's not always the case. Although I, I, I'd say I don't, I'd say we don't talk about blockbusters on this podcast, I think that's probably true. We
0: have talked about some blockbusters.
1: We talk about well, actually, Interstellar is an example of a that was a a fairly popular film.
0: Mm-hmm. We talked about Blade Runner, although was that no, that, that was, was not a special. spoilery
1: one. Yeah, yeah, as was Rogue One and general Star Wars chat is...
0: Yeah, that's just those are just extras for you listener.
1: Yes, that's right. Um. We also did. We also talked about Spectre and said it was meh. Yeah, which it was. Meh. Um, although Eon released a, um, a photo of Daniel Craig in a grey suit, mm-hmm. and damn, damn, that's some good tailoring.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that's how how he manages to look so good. It's the tailoring.
1: Well, th- that and the fact that he hits the gym probably eight hours a day before he shoots.
0: It's his job. We've discussed this before. It's his job. <laughs> it's his job
1: to look ripped. Yeah, <laughs> and he does. He does very well at it. To be fair. Yeah. Well done, Daniel. Well done, Daniel Craig. Doh. Um, <laughs> uh, we, so uh, I, I do feedback, but we haven't had any. Uh-huh. Um, but we did. We, there was a um, looking back through Twitter. We we did have some interaction with some folks all about the movie Glass. Right. In which people asked, I think, I think it was your good self that picked up on people saying, "If I haven't seen any of the other movies,
0: should I still watch Glass?" Oh yes, yes. Someone, someone did ask that, and I, um, I was trawling Twitter for people who might be interested in our <laughs> podcast, and I replied to that.
1: Yeah, that was a good move. That was a good move. I admire your um, uh, lack of self-respect. No, oh. no. I was thinking resourcefulness. Oh, <laughs> resourcefulness, thinking. yeah. Resourcefulness. <laughs> Um, no no I don't think I think that's you know uh, I think building building listeners is important. building an
0: audience yeah finding an audience
1: um, to which I replied yes you you should watch the previous ones
0: yeah I don't think that was the answer the person wanted to hear
1: no I'm sure it wasn't I'm sure it was just like yeah go for it but I think you'd be lost if you watched it without seeing the previous ones um, and there's nothing wrong with watching those previous movies because they're very good
0: Yes, and we can only speak the truth. Yes. It's what we do indeed. here.
1: We speak the truth. He speaks the truth. If my people are cloaked, they will attack. Um, so we have no feedback. <laughs> we have nothing. So, um... Uh, you, oh, yes, you were looking to see what the most popular podcasts are.
0: I was just reading an article about the most popular podcasts. yes. Um, have you ever listened to Welcome to Nightvale? I have not. Okay, no. it's quite good. It's it's like um weird.
1: Okay, I like weird.
0: Um and they've made another podcast called Alice Isn't Dead, which is which is sounds like it's a, a more traditional drama. Welcome to Nightvale is a radio show from a town in which very weird things happen. Okay. Like the wait the radio news type thing. But so Alice is Isn't like Dead is sounds like normal Tuesday. fiction.
1: No one died. Wednesday, <laughs> Alice didn't die. <laughs>
0: so yeah, Alice isn't dead. They put first. You mm-hmm. must remember this, which is about old, old world Hollywood. Another round, which is people who drink. Mm. Atlético Mints, which is apparently a football ah. podcast for people who don't like football.
1: That is Bob Mortimer.
0: Yes, and what and caught my somebody else. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, someone else is Andy Dawson. So Andy what? Dawson, what yeah. caught my interest about the the Guardian's description of that podcast was that it was a new entrant in the overstuffed two blokes ramble on about whatever genre.
1: Oh, well, that's us, isn't it? <laughs> I
0: thought, overstuffed? What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> Surely there's room for one more.
1: There's room for one more.
0: Um, I didn't learn anything about what makes a podcast popular from this this list. Um, yes. I mean, I think what makes podcasts good is that um, you get to know people. And uh, and if you like listening to them rambling, then you like it.
1: Yeah, that's, that's pretty much why I listen to stuff. So, uh, you know, I've got a fairly broad range of uh, podcasts in my podcasting app of choice.
0: What I have found about podcasts is that they are capable of changing my mind about something hmm. much more than other media. I think because of that phenomenon that you... It feels like the people on the podcast are your friends. I mean, in our case, if you're listening to this listener, the people on the podcast probably are your friends or your family. Let's be honest. Yeah,
1: probably. Yeah, I think that's very likely. Um, but Certainly, it, I, there's definitely two members of my family that listen to our
0: podcast. But anyway, listener, if um, if you're listening to this podcast, you are our friend. Um, yes, you are.
1: Uh, you said that in a slightly sinister way, then. Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Okay, well, I mean, it's a sinister thing to say, so I think that's only honest.
1: You are our friend.
0: Um, But yeah, it means that if my theory is right, if we try and persuade you of something, for example, why you should ditch Facebook, um, we're more likely to persuade you than some other media. It worked for me. I, I looked back, I was taking a very brief look back through the statistics of how many people were visiting our page. Something very weird happened last November. We were getting loads and loads and loads of visits, hmm. and then we stopped. and I think something went was wrong with Stitcher or something like that, the okay. the podcast catcher. And suddenly, I read I redid the feeds. I think it was in Stitcher, and suddenly. Um, our bandwidth use went down a lot and i guess at that point that's what happened that was when that happened but yeah since then i was looking and we get a small spike of visits when we release a podcast which is sort of encouraging because it means those are actually people (laughs) looking at the podcast yeah not bots um but the the biggest spike which wasn't that big that we had was when we when we did the facebook episode oh cool so that is encouraging uh, I wonder whether there was interest from people in my Mastodon following who are who tend to be pretty geeky and against stuff like Facebook so. Yeah. Maybe maybe, he maybe was not interested. so
1: interested in maybe not so interested in films.
0: Yeah, or am not so interested in our opinions on films.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, that's just like your opinion, man.
0: Yeah. It is.
1: I'll leave that hanging. That's a Big Lebowski quote.
0: Big Lebowski has come up a couple of times in our um i love that our internet someone. chat over the last week or so
1: that's one of my favorite quotes. yeah, well, I mean that's just like your opinion man <laughs> <laughs> It's just fantastic I like that, that and i am, I am the walrus I am the walrus as well okay yeah uh, people need to seek these clips out and they're on YouTube search for Big Lebowski, I am the walrus and uh you will enjoy it. In fact, just just watch the movie. You should
0: watch the film. I don't think you should watch the clips yeah. out of context, listener.
1: No, maybe not. No, watch the movie and the first time I watched it, probably said this before and I say it again, the first time I watched it, I was like, what is this? What even is this? <laughs> it's not funny. It's not going anywhere. And then, the, and then the second time I watched it, I was just falling all over the floor laughing. So. Oh, really?
0: You didn't like it? Yeah. Then. That's interesting. No,
1: I didn't like it at all the first time. And, and in fact, I sat down with a friend of mine at the time and we... we Tore it to pieces. Right. And then I sat, and then I watched it a few years later and I was just like, how could I be so wrong about this film?
0: So, the Coen Brothers, I don't know whether that was the first Coen Brothers film I saw. That, it was one of the early ones.
1: Uh, yes, yeah, not that. Yeah, I suppose it is. No, I mean, it's early late, in, my,
0: in my experience Oh, I them. see.
1: Late 90s, yeah.
0: Um, um, what's my favourite Coen Brothers film? What is your favourite? I is think it, maybe it's Fargo. I
1: it Oh, it's Fargo. Fargo's brilliant.
0: I mean the way, the way they say ya. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I could I'm feeling listen a bit to that sick,
0: eh? <laughs> And then when she's yeah. right at the beginning, when she's sick, yeah. And just ah, oh, she is just so. It's just so great. The yeah. accents
1: are just so spot on in that film.
0: <laughs> so great. It's so great. I like that. I like the one about um, the writer. Button Fink. Button think.
1: Button think is good.
0: I like a lot of them.
1: Yeah. Uh, on, that, on a kind of. Ten, it's a related note, I suppose. There's a, there's a TV series of Joseph Heller's um, novel, Catch 22.
0: Ah, yes. I watched an episode.
1: That's currently on Channel 4. Yes. Produced by and briefly starring George Clooney. Yes. Which I thought was very good.
0: <laughs> right. Um, yeah, I watched it and I was undecided. Okay. My wife wasn't impressed, but I think it needs to be given time.
1: Yeah I I really enjoyed the first episode. I thought it had had the tone of the movie version of MASH as well as the TV show, but mostly the movie. Uh, in the irreverent tone, which mm. I suppose MASH owes a debt to Catch 22. Mm. Um the irreverent tone, the ridiculousness of war, mm. the stupid rules that you have to follow.
0: Yeah, I couldn't decide what it was. Is okay. it like is it funny? Is it
1: it's supposed to be satirical, what is <clears> it? really, really black, blackly humorous. Yeah. So like like Robert Altman's movie of MASH.
0: Yeah, which is amazing.
1: Which is fantastic. But, if people haven't seen that, and they're, they're, their only exposure to MASH is the TV show, which is very good, you know, it's an iconic TV show, but the movie is a whole other thing.
0: Yeah, they, I actually, I, I like the movie for for how well made it is. Yeah, it's really um, well made. Not necessarily yeah. how funny it is or how serious it's a, I,
1: Yeah, Don't I know. think it is Blackley comic. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it, the cast are just fantastic.
0: But the the fact that there's constantly two or three people talking at the same time.
1: Yeah, that's very that's a that's an Altman trope.
0: It's so it's yeah. so well done in that.
1: Yeah. So lots of people talking and also the use of long lenses to shoot scenes. Yeah. Um so Altman will frequently set up a scene and then put the camera about half a mile away, put a massive lens on it <laughs> and then shoot it from there.
0: <laughs> I really like the player.
1: Yeah, the player's fantastic. Yeah. I often forget about the player, actually, even though I've seen the player quite a few times. Mm. I forget about it in Altman's canon and then, I, and then I remember it and think, oh, yeah, he made the player.
0: So, yeah, I think about Catch-22, I think I need to wait. I was... I found that, like, the his fear really gripping and i really mm. felt his fear um, yeah but i'm like feeling a lot of fear at the moment maybe it was just too much fear I and mean, obviously well, you i like you the walking like years dead
1: and, years and years then have you watched years and years no oh wow Um oh, yeah okay um check that out but that will definitely put the fear into you right if you're feeling fearful
0: <laughs> right yeah I, th- I like walking dead because it's it's fear that I'm okay with feeling. I guess. Well,
1: it's it's pure fantasy, yeah. isn't it? Yeah.
0: That was. Shall we a shall we traumatic. crack on with our film? Yeah, I think cracking on at this point would be probably be overstating yeah.
1: it. We've already digressed
0: too much. <laughs> Should we get on with it before we lose our last listener?
1: I think that's a good idea. Okay, so Mandy mm-hmm. is a 2018 film mm-hmm. directed by Panos Cosmatos, who is the son of George Cosmatos, who was. Um, who's no longer with us, but made um, a bunch of movies in the 80s and 90s, most notably, I think for me, the movie um, Tombstone, with uh, Kurt Russell as Wyatt Earp. And I think a career best performance by Val Kilmer as Doc Holliday.
0: I don't think Um, I've seen that.
1: Really eye-catching performance by Val Kilmer, in which he employs... A now dead Southern accent, you know, an antiquated Southern accent, as Doc Holliday, mm. and he looks mightily unwell because Doc Holliday had Doc Holliday had um, consumption.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh yeah, yeah. Tombstone's really good, but anyway, yeah. So uh, Panos Cosmatos is the son of George Cosmatos, and the movie was writ- co-written by Cosmatos and Aaron Stewart Arn, and it was a co-production of the United States and Canada. The film stars. Nicholas Cage, oh dear, and I think his first appearance on our, in our pod, <laughs> in a movie, I think.
0: Well, for the main movie, he's been mentioned a number of times. Yes. For um. Uh, and, uh, um uh, what uh, am I thinking? The Wicker Man.
1: Yes, yes, he has been mentioned. And face not the, off. Not the bees. Face. Take off. his face off.
0: His face. <laughs>
1: Funny enough, that comes up a lot in just regular pop culture. <laughs> Uh, also stars Andrea Riseborough, who is awesome, uh, Linus Roach, who is awesome, Ned Dennehy, Olwyn, for for, Fourier Fur- Fur- I think forere Richard Brake and Bill Duke from Predator.
0: Who is um, he in Predator?
1: He is. Oh no! What's the character's name?
0: You don't have to remember the name. Just give me a general idea.
1: Okay, he's the one with the with the razor who's shaving his head and it breaks okay and he's the one that goes i see you and then he gets and then he gets killed <laughs> but i can't remember the character's name it'll come to me mm-hmm. um so that was a,
0: that was many years ago
1: many years ago but but a film that i still really enjoy what? watching predator mm-hmm. uh so mandy premiered at the 2018 sundance film festival and was thre- theatrically released in september in 2018 Mm-hmm. It re- it received critical acclaim with praise directed at its style and originality. Cage's performance, mm-hmm. Cosmato's direction, and the action sequences.
0: So Cage, uh, Cage is a good actor.
1: Well, Cage is a good actor.
0: But he's uh, almost given, universally in terrible films.
1: Well, he's, you know, Cage has got to eat. He's got a <laughs> divorce to pay for, so... Um, <laughs> Name a good he film did- he's in. Leaving Las Vegas.
0: Yeah, name another. (laughs) Mandy. (laughs) Okay, that's why he made it.
1: Uh, Also, Peggy Sue got married, which is very good.
0: Listener, um, send us a tweet or a toot or a comment on the blog telling us a good film with Nicolas Cage in a major role.
1: Yeah. Okay. That's that's a good challenge. Uh, Also, uh, Bad Lieutenant. Bad Lieutenant. Colon Port of Call cool, New Orleans. I think we discussed this before. It's Cage and Werner Herzog. Mm-hmm. Mike drop.
0: Yeah, I remember you. I remember you. <laughs> uh, also, what about uh, Thank You for Smoking? Is that good?
1: Uh, that's not. That's not Nicolas Cage. That's Aaron Eckhart.
0: What? Maybe he's in it. I thought he was. I haven't seen it.
1: Okay, no, it's Aaron Eckhart in Thank You for Smoking.
0: What am I thinking of then? I don't know. Oh no, the one where he's an arms dealer.
1: Oh yeah, that's good. God of War.
0: God of War. Okay.
1: Also, uh, we should also see. Um, oh, Blue Velvet. No, not Blue Velvet. The the David Lynch. Oh God, the one with Laura Dern. Um. Oh, no. I'm gonna have to look it up now.
0: <laughs> I can't help you, sorry.
1: David Lynch. It, also, it I'd it like to apologize
0: to the listener. <laughs>
1: yes. David Lynch, Cage.
0: Actually made. accidentally made Andy C look something up on the internet.
1: Wild at Heart. Okay. He's amazing. Okay. Yeah, so that's that's another amazing. So, you know, we've just, I've just reeled off like four or five amazing films with Nicolas Cage in.
0: Okay, that's why we think Nicolas Cage is good, right? Cause he's, yeah, he is good, because okay. he is good.
1: Okay. But, you know, as you rightly pointed out, he he does have a roster of really bad films under his belt.
0: <laughs> yeah, and the really bad ones are the ones we can't remember because they're so bad we immediately rubbish, forgot them. Yeah.
1: Although I, d- I did watch one last year or the year before called Mum and Dad, which is a lot of fun. Okay. <clears throat> In which he sings the hokey cokey whilst tearing a garage to pieces. Okay. Yeah. Um, that, so is Mandy that the whole was. Film? S- no. Okay. Mandy was scored by Johan Johansson. I've heard maybe that Johann- name. Johan Johansson, an Icelandic uh, film composer um, who has sadly uh, passed away in February 2018. Very young, actually. He was born in 69, so um, what does that make him? 49? Um, he pres- he uh, produced the music for, among others, Denis Villeneuve's Prisoners, a mm-hmm. movie called Sicario, oh, a- which yeah. is fantastic. Uh, Arrival, which is fantastic yeah uh, The Theory of Everything which is pretty good mm-hmm. one uh, one Eddie Red maybe an Oscar I haven't seen that um, let's see what else oh he was uh, music and sound consultant on Mother Mother and his scores for Mary Magdalene which uh, looks dreadful <laughs> and Mandy were released posthumously so
0: <laughs> is Mary Magdalene a follow up to um the Last Passion Temptation of, of Christ, Christ. or oh, the Passion uh, of the no. Christ?
1: No, I mean Mary Magdalene has got a really good cast, so it's got, um, Joaquin Phoenix as as Jesus, stepping off of the set of uh, the movie that we talked about a few pods ago. You were never really here, uh-huh. so bearded and um, <laughs> a bit a bit ripped, <laughs> and it's uh, and Rooney Mara as Mary Magdalene, and somebody who was it described? I think Robbie Collin described it as all the cast look like they've stepped out of a, um, a hair products commercial.
0: <laughs> yeah, did Jesus spend a lot of time down the gym?
1: Well, I think he must have done down the gym and getting his hair done,
0: and presumably with a really good diet, high in a really good diet, high protein, high protein, <laughs>
1: high protein diet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there you go. One to avoid? I think, and he was white, probably. Oh, yeah, he was very much a white man. Right, right, with a beard. Yeah. Yeah. So not Semitic at all. <coughs> no. So there we go, one to avoid. Anyway, I digressed again. <laughs> this, is, this is becoming... I think we should just embrace the... Uh, embrace the Season digression.
0: 6, episode 7, The Digression.
1: Yes. Uh, so uh, the film is dedicated to Johan Johansson, which I think okay. is a nice, a nice touch. So... Uh, The plot of Mandy is that Red Miller, who is played by Nicholas Courage, and uh, I'm going to use that every time I say his name.
0: (laughs) It just makes Uh, me want to say I'm going to take his face
1: off. Well, you just have to keep saying that. Um, He lives with his girlfriend, artist Mandy Bloom, who's played by Andrea Risborough. They live in a cabin near a lake he works as a logger we know this because we see a montage of him doing some logging <laughs> at the beginning of the film <laughs> while Mandy has a day job as a cashier at a nearby gas station in the woods she okay. creates elaborate fantasy art and and Red admires her work greatly he probably says well like, hey baby this is really good, it's good, it's good. <laughs>
0: you're not selling remember. this film <laughs> <laughs> I know I know um,
1: so they need, a, he, they need a quiet and reclusive life, and their conversations and behaviour hint at a difficult past and psychological hardship.
0: So is this a film named after a woman, but actually about a man?
1: Uh, yes.
0: <laughs> Just checking. Yes.
1: yes. So Red appears to be a recovering alcoholic and possible veteran. And Mandy recounts traumatic childhood experiences. So they're a bit damaged. They're a Mm -hmm. bit messed up, this Mm -hmm. couple. But they seem to be good for each other. Mm -hmm. Um, But on her way to work one day, Mandy walks past a van carrying The Children of the New Dawn, um, a deviant Manson-esque hippie cult led by Jeremiah Sand, who's played by Linus Roach. Sand is struck by Mandy's beauty and orders one of his div- disciples to kidnap her uh, with the help of the Black Skulls, who are a demonic biker gang with a taste for human flesh. <laughs> what? Yes, really, and a liquid, highly potent form of LSD.
0: So uh, how many now, biker gangs cool are there to what, that have to a them, taste for human flesh? In this film,
1: because this is a psychedelic horror movie. Okay. Yes. <laughs> okay. It
0: really is. It really is something else. So, um, name name some other psychedelic films to help me ground myself.
1: Uh, Altered States is very psychedelic. Definitely.
0: What about Leaving Las Vegas?
1: No, not at all. Okay. It's about an al- alcoholic who drinks himself to death in Vegas. Okay. There's nothing psychedelic about. Okay.
0: Name some more then.
1: <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> Head. The Monkeys movie, Head. <laughs> Directed by Jack Nicholson. I haven't seen that. That's psychedelic. Uh, parts of Apocalypse Now.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay, that helps. Um, okay, continue. That,
1: yeah. So I think particularly the bit with where they, where they get to the bridge, mm-hmm. and all the things are going off in the sky, mm-hmm. and Lance says, "You know that last t- acid tab? I just dropped it." <laughs> <laughs> like, dude. <laughs> I'm not sure that was the best thing to do. Um so things go very badly in that um, Linus Roach's character decides to get naked and try and seduce Mandy. Uh Mandy looks takes one look at him and laughs her head off while she's on psychedelics. And uh Mandy is um is sadly killed and burned burned alive no burned alive which is really horrific Red Red catches up with them but finds her dead well burned Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and in a in a pivotal and utterly I think you know one of the most Nicolas Cage movies in a scene ever Nicolas Cage movies in a scene ever he goes back to his um, to this trailer falls asleep exhausted and in shock and he wakes up Realising what's happened, he consumes an entire bottle of vodka and then just screams in agony in ca- on camera. And the camera just stays on him whilst he's, whilst he's roaring and screaming uh-huh. in rage. And it's just an incredible bit of acting, really. Mm. You know, it's really just kind of primal and real and raw and the kind of thing that not many actors can actually get away with mm. without looking stupid. But because it's Nicolas Cage, you just think, yeah, okay, no, I can buy it. Um, uh, yeah really something I, I, really, I was really quite moved by it as, mm-hmm. as, a, as a piece of piece of art um, in the morning Red fetches his reaper which is his crossbow and some freshly crafted arrows and some information on how to find the black skulls and he tracks them down And uh, he tells the guy who's given him the crossbow and the arrows and the info that his odds of survival are poor. (laughs) But he forges a battle axe and hunts down the bikers.
0: (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So your tone is telling me that we don't need to take this film very seriously.
1: Well, no, you don't really, know. Uh, And what follows then is... um, he uh he, he inadvertently consumes cocaine and LSD, goes on a massive trip, hmm and then engages in a chainsaw battle with the leader <laughs> of the black skulls which has to be seen to be believed.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Um he then catches up with the uh the Mansonesque group and with Jeremiah Sand. And um, he burns the church down that they are in to the ground, and uh, manages to escape. Um, it's an incredible piece of work, Mandy. It's it's like, for me, it's like full tilt, full ma- filmmaking, mm-hmm. no holds barred. Uh, it's quite extreme in places. It's quite exploitative. It's quite it's for me, it's quite a throwback to. The kind of stuff that george romero was making on the side in the 1970s so what there's, a, kind movie, of there's stuff? a movie well there's a movie called night riders which 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 romero made which i watched um long time ago now this must have been like uh early 90s i think maybe even a little bit earlier than that i watched it was on television and i can comp- it was um A a Mistaken Watch. You know, I wasn't planning on watching it. It just came on and, you know, the the announcer said, it's George Romero's Night Rider. So, oh, George Romero. I like George Romero. I didn't know he made this. And it's a film about a biker gang, weirdly enough. Do they Um, have a
0: taste for human flesh?
1: They don't, no. Um, Led by Ed Harris, who is, you know, a bit of a legend. Uh, Also, Mary Elizabeth Mastron Antonio is in it as well. And it's about a biker gang who think they are the, a modern day Knights of the Round Table. <laughs> and Ed Harris is, is King Arthur to them. And it's quite goofy and quite silly, but it kind of works. In the way that George America get a really silly idea to kind of work. Mm-hmm. Um, Knight Riders does kind of work. Uh, most of that's down to the, to the performance of Ed Harris. And also um, Tom Savini in it, is in it as well, which is interesting in an acting role uh so it's kind of it's reminiscent of, of stuff that people were doing in the 70s and 80s in terms of mandy is a film that sort of defies categorization but you know to say that it's a psychological horror puts you in the right kind of ballpark um i think it's a it's a really really good piece of work one that certainly stuck with me notably the uh you know, the quite extreme imagery. And the chainsaw battle is a thing to behold.
0: So when you say it's psychedelic, what is that, how does that actually come across?
1: Um, it comes across in the way that it's slightly woozy. I think the camera angles are quite funky um, and sort of make you feel slightly ill at ease. Mm-hmm. Uh, the colour is frequently quite, quite intense.
0: And this is to represent the fact that the characters are taking... Are- off That's their that faces that
1: yes exactly yes. Um, uh, it's, uh, it's quite a piece of work I really really enjoyed Mandy it's um, uh, I doubt that looking at, looking at the budget it had a budget of 6 million which isn't very much and a box office of 1.4 million so not enough people saw this film
0: mm-hmm.
1: and which is such a shame because it really is very very good very, very good indeed.
0: So it's, it's like, is it like enjoyable? Oh yeah. Is that Hugely what you like? That's what what I'm getting at. Is like, what is good about it? Is it like, you know, does it like change your life or is it just en- enjoyable?
1: Okay. Scary. So, I, I think um enjoyable for a, a full bore Nicholas Cage performance. It's mm-hmm. not in a rubbish film mm mm-hmm. So, you know, you, I, I could argue that Nicolas Cage gives a full-bore Nicolas Cage performance in The Wicker Man, but that's a terrible
0: movie. <laughs> I haven't seen it. I'm so curious.
1: It's so, so bad. <laughs> it's so, so bad. Um, So, uh, you know, and this is a film that Nicolas Cage absolutely delivers the goods in, but it's a very, very good film. Um. It's hugely enjoyable. You know, hugely enjoyable for Nicolas Cage's very committed performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very well directed. It's well written. It, you know, all the other performances are very good as well.
0: And it's got lots of violence and scariness. And yes. Colourful yep. images.
1: Very much. Uh, I'm trying to think of another film that it's evocative of, and I can't really think of the ones that I listed earlier on. Give you an idea. Really, I just read out some comments though from from Rotten Tomatoes, which mm-hmm. is it's got a ninety one percent rating on Rotten Tomatoes, mm-hmm. um, and it says that the film's gonzo violence is fueled by a gripping performance by Nicolas Cage, and anchored with palpable emotion conveyed between its volcanic outbursts. Yeah, I mean, it's when it's emotional. I, you know, the scene in the trailer where he, you know, he sort of cathartically just screams and yells is really powerful. Mm. Um, and it, it, it's almost like, what else would you do given the circumstances? Really, mm-hmm. it kind of works in that way. Um, so, Nick Allen of rogerebert.com praised the film, saying that for all the endless feral performances that Cage has given in movies good, bad, and forgettable, <laughs> Cosmato's style driven 80s tastic passion for weird worlds and characters takes full advantage of Cage's greatness and then some. Hey, that's exactly what I just said.
0: (laughs) (laughs) 80s-tastic.
1: 80s-tastic, yeah. Um, In a a five-star review for Dirty Movies, Stephen Lee Nash called the film a blood-soaked revenge caper, Mm -hmm. praising Cosmatos for a masterful approach that aligns him with Kubrick and Lynch. In delivering perfectly believable and fully realised words and characters that operate within their own laws of physics. I don't agree with the thing about Kubrick, um, but actually, thinking about it now, this is quite similar in tone to Lost Highway. Which is um, I think a kind of a forgotten Lynch classic, Lost Highway. Mm-hmm. A very strange film, Lost <laughs> Highway. You know, even for David Lynch it's pretty weird.
0: I feel like I've seen it and I didn't understand it at all.
1: (laughs) That's very likely. Uh, um, And certainly uh, the last sentence of that is that characters that operate within their own laws of physics is very true of Mandy, in that the film has an internal logic, but that internal logic really works very well.
0: Right, but it's not necessarily always the logic that we would recognise in the real world.
1: No, but it stays true to it all the way through. mm hmm It doesn't step outside of it um, and then break the spell, if you see what I mean. Mm -hmm. It keeps it up all the way through, which I think is to be commended. Um, Yes, so Lost Highway starts off with Bill Pullman. Bill Pullman goes to jail and then changes into Balthazar Getty, at which point he has to be released from jail because he's not Bill Pullman anymore. (laughs) It's a very strange movie, but <laughs> <laughs> so that is Man- that's Mandy. I just did Mandy.
0: Uh, right, yeah. I mean, it sounds uh, uh, it's
1: good. It's very, very good. I mean, I was going to do a different movie tonight, which I which I've actually kept in my back pocket for another time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was looking through the stuff that I watched in the last um, few months and. I was going to do a different film, and then I then I saw Mandy, and I thought, no, 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 Mandy. We should be talking about Mandy, and, and how people should watch it.
0: Right, well, we get the word out there. Let us know what you think of it, listener, when you watch it.
1: Yeah, definitely, and if you have seen it, let us know whether you liked it or not. Mm. Um, I'd be interested to see how many people have actually seen it and enjoyed it, or just seen it. Maybe you saw it and hated it. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. That's Mandy.
0: Very good. So, I, I mean, I guess I've slightly asked you the question, but the—the the, my question is, what does it add to the world? Why is it good that it exists?
1: Um, okay, what does it add to the world? It reminds you that Nicolas Cage can be fantastic <laughs> in a in a film given the right material director, in a film that he is properly engaged with. He is a force to be reckoned with, and mm-hmm. um, I'm sure I've talked about this before in the pod, but i say it again anyway, in that actor Ethan Hawke wrote a a short essay about how Nicolas Cage has taken acting to a whole different level. Uh Um, In that, the way that he delivers those lines and, and, you know, the scene in the trailer with the screaming and roaring, nobody else could do that. Mm -hmm. Nobody else could pull that off in the way that Nicolas Cage does. Uh, And that's that's what Ethan Hawke is talking about. Is... Is that it's a completely different way of approaching the the art of performance.
0: Mm-hmm. So, if you're frustrated by some of Cage's performances, this is a good one too.
1: Oh, definitely.
0: Uh, yeah. Help you out a bit.
1: Definitely. Uh, there is a um, a movie that came out. I think it was last year or the year before called Mom and Dad, which is Cage and Selma Blair, <clears throat> and it's a sort of high concept thing that. It's, again, very kind of George Romero-esque in which something happens. It's never really entirely clear what it is, but something happens that causes all parents to want to kill their children, but only their children, Mm -hmm. not other people's children. Uh, That's the concept of the movie. Uh, And that's Nicolas Cage and Selma Blair, and that is another really committed Nicolas Cage performance. In a film that's actually quite dark and disturbing Mm. but it manages to be very funny at the same time. Uh, So again treading a fine line. Just that that fine line between clever and stupid. (laughs) Or stupid and clever. uh,
0: uh, So what I've been watching recently Handmaid's Tale Yes. Continuing to like it.
1: Yes I think season Um, three is definitely less grim.
0: Yeah, I'm quite enjoying the relief from grimness.
1: I'm enjoying Bradley Whitford. Who's that? He was Josh in the
0: Westworld. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He's so brilliantly ambiguous.
1: He really is, isn't he? You're not really sure exactly where where that character's going. Or, yeah. Because you know he did something at the end of season two that was quite gallant. Yeah. But now I'm not really sure whether he's still gallant. Yeah, or, is he even or, on the side yeah. of
0: the good guys? And if no, he is, I, I don't is know. he safe? Yeah, for, for I don't our think. He, I
1: definitely don't think he's safe.
0: Yeah, um, he's, he's certainly committed to his own survival.
1: Yeah, maybe that's what's making me think he's not trustworthy. Yeah. In that, if things really start to go south, he'll just throw everyone to the wolves.
0: Yeah, he's in it for the long game. I think probably yeah. he's trying to undermine the system, but. But he's planning what? to survive that.
1: Yes, but I don't know why he's trying to undermine the system. I mean, obviously, we he know of, to architect think, it. Well, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, so he's one of the architects of the system, but maybe he's realised that the whole thing's rotten.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think I yeah. feel like it must be that he never meant it to be like this.
1: Yeah, I mean, why would you? Yeah. Unless you were a screaming psychopath, which he clearly isn't,
0: like all the other characters are.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so actually, I think season three, it's good to have a relief from Joseph Fiennes, his character, who I thought was just unremittingly evil in season two.
0: Yeah. Um, I it, he's a, a little bit boring. I know everyone loved him, but.
1: They kind of. Was slightly it, boring. They kind of wrote him into a corner, I think. Right. Um, And didn't really leave him anywhere else to go other than being mm. unremittingly evil.
0: Yeah, I was thinking that his wife might have more of a role in this.
1: Well, I'm hoping she will. Because, I you think know, she, she burned down the will. house and everything. She yeah. did, yeah. In some style.
0: Yeah, that was good. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, to the sound of... Um,
1: oh, what a good soundtrack.
0: Oh, a meatloaf song.
1: Was it a meatloaf song?
0: Uh, tell me why I don't like Mondays.
1: Oh, no, that's not meatloaf. That's a boomtown rat.
0: Which yeah, is but I m- felt like it was a meatloaf version, but... I was no, no, it's, wrong. it's the
1: Boomtown Rats version, which is just a fantastic okay. song. It's really good to hear that okay. again, because that was a big hit back in the day, and I got a bit sick of it, but when you listen to it all the way mm-hmm. through, it's a really, really good song. Dark, disturbing, still relevant, unfortunately. Okay. To this day, yeah.
0: Also, we've been watching some Taskmaster.
1: I've heard of that. What's that all about? A boat.
0: Taskmaster is a silly game show type thing um, on Dave, made by Dave, not not oh, one of Dave. these. Dave started off by just repeating things on BBC, but things the Dave like channel or UK UI TV has started making yeah. programmes, yeah. Um, so it is popular comedians um, being given silly tasks to do. Ah with rules. So like, some of them are like quite practical physical things, like um, get this egg as high as you can with using this equipment. Uh, and some of them, and all kinds of different tasks. And the people on it are funny, and they have the same people on for weeks, for the whole series. Oh, okay. So they, there is time for the kind of relationships and banter to develop between them. Banter. Um, and it's highly entertaining.
1: I must uh I must check this out.
0: It's presented by what's his name? He used to be a teacher who's incredibly tall.
1: What oh, Greg Davis.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yes.
1: Who's very funny.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I like Greg Davis. Yeah. Oh okay, and so
1: uh that sounds good.
0: I shall have to check this out. It's co presented by Alex Horn, who is
1: Alex Horn.
0: Um who was previously not particularly heard of, I think. But he actually created okay. the game, but he is in the Bants he is uh, the whipping boy of Greg Davis. Right. He's got okay. mercilessly bullied and it's very funny. So he's, and the he's Richard rubbish, Herring. he's like Yeah. And yeah. he's he's uh, he's like a terrible presenter as well, and that's very funny as well. But actually what, he created the whole thing. Terrible. Yeah.
1: Did you watch any of um, this time with Alan Partridge? It's good. Did you watch
0: uh, uh Not really. I'm okay. aware of Alan Partridge. Yeah, it
1: was a good show. It was a good show.
0: So I can recommend Taskmaster. We've actually, slightly controversially, started watching it from Series 1 with our kids, even though it contains quite a lot of swearing, and that's not really recommended.
1: Is it hefty swearing? or like um, S words and F words? Yes. Okay. But do so they enjoy it?
0: They love it. <laughs> partly because it's slightly forbidden and afterwards they've, saying, they've like worked like their way f- up from
1: I effing love that show
0: <laughs> you're, like, <laughs> yeah. you're like yeah whatever. it hasn't leaked out so far <laughs> <laughs> effing um, and jeffing we, they work their way up from the Radio 4 comedies
1: right okay. which well, can that's get fairly fruity as well a bit, of a, that's a bit of a jump well. isn't it that's a bit of a jump it's yeah. like watching Mac and, Me and then Alien <laughs>
0: but um, the thing about Taskmaster is other than the language it's completely harmless family fun so I mean it depends how you feel about language but the thing is that I'm sure the kids at school use much much fruitier
1: I think it depends on what context it's used I think in the context of something like Taskmaster it's fairly innocuous Mm -hmm. Um, if it's used in a threatening sexual way then it's not innocuous at all
0: yeah Um, yeah yeah it's more about what you say than the vocabulary you use, I think exactly, yeah, but on the other hand, I wouldn't like the kids to pick it up and start using it because it would get them in all kinds of well yes trouble, but Hot I think that water. I think that I think that they'll be okay and they hear much worse at school.
1: I'm sure they do, yes, I'm sure they do,
0: but yeah other than that, it's very good family fun,
1: <laughs> cool, okay, I shall put this in my p v r and record it.
0: I put it in my PVR. Cool.
1: Did you watch any I'll of what we, the sh- what we do in What are we sh- doing? What we doing in the shadows? Did you watch? Uh, what we doing in the shadows?
0: TV show. No. How was I going to watch that?
1: It was on uh, the BBC. BBC Two. Oh really? Yes. In fact, it might no, still I didn't. be on. IPlayer. I think you've
0: mentioned it. Right. Yeah.
1: It's very very funny.
0: Tell me very again very about it.
1: It's based on a movie. So a movie that came out a couple of years ago. It was directed by Taika Waititi, who made Hunt for the Wilder People that we talked about on this pod.
0: Uh-huh. And the movie is set in a, something up on the internet.
1: Okay, the movie's set in a house in New Zealand, I think Wellington, New Zealand, in which a bunch of vampires live. Um, i just it's checking uh, whether it's on, that's what I'm doing. Okay, there's a camera crew following the vampires around. And... It's about vampires living in the modern world and how they get by in quite a kind of um, amateurish way. Right. In, the, in the, they just don't understand the modern world at all and how stuff works, even though they've lived, you know, they've lived a long time. <laughs> uh, and the the TV show is the, basically the same premise, but it's set in uh, Rhode Island, I think, in the United States. Uh, it features Matt Berry. Um, Tash um and it is right, yeah. It looks like all ten episodes ups- are
0: still available on iPlayer.
1: Well, you you should binge those as soon as possible because it's very very funny. Oh, good! Very funny. Yeah. That's cool. And they're short as well. They're like twenty. Is it as funny minutes? as Brooklyn Nine Nine? Yes, definitely. Definitely.
0: I love Brooklyn Nine Nine.
1: So if you imagine, if you imagine The Office, the American mm-hmm. version of The Office, or the UK version but with vampires talking about you know being vampires in a modern world uh, it's mm-hmm. it, it is very funny yeah I think you'll okay. like it a lot yeah yeah Brooklyn I think terrific watched...
0: oh I love that the other thing we've watched recently is a little bit of the football really enjoyed um, Germany Sweden
1: haven't seen any of the football although England are playing tonight Excellent game they're playing United States they're currently 2-1 down
0: Oh dear, that's bad.
1: Well, the United States are a very good How team. How long have they got left? Uh, yeah. it, they're on 47 minutes now, so... Uh, okay. What is that? This is, 40. It'll be
0: too late for us to warn about spoilers in the football when we release this, so it's probably yes. not, nothing to worry about.
1: Um, but they, they... Let's have a look. So yeah, the US scored after 10 minutes... England pulled one back after 19 minutes, and US scored again 31 minutes. So, I, I expect more goals in the that's second it. half, by the looks of it. But uh, come on, England! Yeah. Come on, you white reds! Whatever, whatever, <laughs> whatever, whatever. Yeah, I think they're in red. I think they're in the away away kit, right. red.
0: Yeah,
1: right. yeah. There you go. <laughs> that's all. A little like, that's football all, update think, for you. Yes, a little, uh, yes. I think that's all I've got. Should we do some plugging?
0: Yeah, let's do. You do. You go first because I'm not. I don't think I've got anything.
1: <laughs> okay. Uh, so I, in addition to this pod, I have another podcast feed called Movie Mashup, which is no cameras, no caps. No cameras, no caps. No cameras, no caps. Which is which um, is a continuation of the podcast feed that I used to have for my radio show, which is now long since defunct. But I still post updates to that podcast feed about stuff that I've watched, although I haven't posted one for a couple of weeks. It has quite a lot so of that's listeners.
0: That's a non, non-spoilerific yes. movie recommendations, Things yeah, on TV, short, things in cinema.
1: Yeah, it's short, like five-minute, maybe ten-minute reviews of a movie um, to just give listener an idea of what they could be watching. Um, it's non-spoilery. Uh, usually doesn't digress too much. Um, <laughs> and occasionally I go I sort of do a longer form one where I talk about maybe a series of films or a director or something like that so um, but I haven't been to the cinema recently and I haven't really seen anything that I thought was worthy of of talking about mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. so um, so I haven't posted one for a while but that that has a, a good number of subscribers I, I suspect maybe some crossover f- with this pod of
0: listeners mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: possibly Yeah, so that's my plugging
0: cool Um, yeah you should buy my game Rabbit Escape from the uh, Play Store it's a bit like lemmings if that means anything to you you have to help some rabbits escape um, by giving them abilities like the ability to dig through a wall or build a bridge or something like that Um, sometimes the rabbits have to help their friends in order to get enough of them out
1: sometimes they do
0: sometimes they encounter the terrifying robots, which Ugh. explode on contacts with rabbits. Sometimes
1: my arms bend back.
0: <laughs> sometimes my arms bend back. <laughs> um, yes. Also, uh, check out my YouTube videos about programming. I haven't made one for ages. I should get oh. round to that. Get and cracking. my blog, often about programming. Yep. What I've actually been doing a lot of recently is watching people on YouTube play Go, the board game Go. I utterly love it. Okay, that's interesting. I spend a lot of time. I've been watching a bit on Twitch as well because there isn't enough on YouTube to feed me. Right. Maybe I should make some videos about Go. I'm not good enough, though. Yeah.
1: I've
0: been learning a new programming language, Rust, which I will eventually make some videos about. I'm planning a secret new podcast project which will be on more serious topics, but uh, that is not ready for me to preview. I have an existing podcast project called um, the Imagine Thought Experiment Project, which is me droning on about whether God doesn't exist or does exist um, in a very boring way. Uh, which you can find links to from the About page of the Good Robot Andes. Speaking of the Good Robot Andes, you can find us by searching with your favourite search engine for the Good Robot Andes. You can find us on Twitter, at Good Robot Andes, uh, mastodon.social, at Good Robot Andes, at mastodon.social. You can interact with us through our website. You can listen to the the pods on on the webpage right there and make a comment there on the blog. Or you can tweet or toot at us and we will happily discuss we will. with you. Overjoyedly yes. discuss with you.
1: we will. Because we love your feedback.
0: We love to interact with you, listener.
1: We'd love to know if you've seen Mandy.
0: Because
1: yeah, I'd really like thought. to know what other people make of it.
0: Yeah. Is that it? And, oh yeah, and we have a oh. tech episode that we are brewing, but we haven't actually worked on it yet, but we'll we'll be getting to that soon.
1: We haven't done a tech episode for a while. Also, let us
0: know tech topics you'd like us to cover. Yes. Um, We want, on this this pod, we want to talk about um, tech subjects that are currently confusing you. Um, Try and unlock them a bit, so let us know if there's stuff you hear about in the news or you're worried about that you would like us to try and... Um, clarify for you. Yeah,
1: that sounds good.
0: I think that might be it.
1: I think that's it. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you. See you next time.
1: Bye-bye.